Lord a hand this morning. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give him a hand like he deserves it. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All of creation worships you this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord.
revival in your heart. Amen. You know what? They said if you draw a circle and you get in the middle of it, say, Lord, send a revival right here in the middle of this, then we'll all feel it. Amen. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And I believe if he's done it once, he can do it again. Hallelujah. This is a new song. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Lord, send the fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
shall be filled. And this morning, there's nothing in this world that's going to satisfy us, church. More money, more uh, popularity, bigger homes, bigger houses, another spouse. Nothing is going to satisfy that longing that Jesus, it's a place that he has put there that can only be filled by him, church. And he wants us to hunger and thirst for him this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want more of you today. We want more of your fire, more of your presence in us. Hallelujah. Lord, we just cry out to you today. Yes, we do, Lord.
this morning, right now, wherever you're at. Let's worship him like, like no one's around us. Let's worship like we're by ourselves. This altar is always open. God this morning. This altar is open this morning. God, we thank you right now for touching our miracle. God, we thank you right now for, for doing our work right now, for starting our work right now. And God, we thank you, God for bringing a miracle to our situation. And we pray all these
these things in Jesus' name. Before you sit down, find someone you don't know or haven't seen in a while and shake their hands. As you are sitting down, can we thank the worship team? I think they might have been getting a little, little uh, uh, tired of keep saying that over and over again while we're uh, waiting on you all to, uh, to take a seat. We are uh, so glad you're here. Uh, welcome to Calvary Assembly of God, the ones that are here, the ones that are online as well. We are glad you're able to tune in this morning. You could have went anywhere. You passed by probably a dozen churches, but you chose to come here so we are thankful for that if you haven't been here in a while or would you like would uh prayer request um could you fill out a connection card that is in front of you um if you could put your prayer request on there we would love to pray with you we would love to uh get you connected get you plugged in and uh just to let you know what is going on here at calvary another thing is uh on your way out on the um welcome center if you kind of forget all the announcements that are said or maybe not really sure what's going on in the future, uh, be sure to grab one of these, throw them on your refrigerator. It's double-sided. It tells you everything that is going on in the church. And also, you can pray for each thing that is going on in the church around us. The women's Bible study. We only got a few more weeks left of that. It is on Wednesdays 
at 6.30. Um, Sister Cindy is leading that up. I heard that she's been doing an incredible job. It is um, now and through October the 18th, so you only have a few more weeks. The men's Bible study, this is the last week. I heard Brother Malcolm has, has been doing a... That's one more week. One more week. September the 27th is the last week of that. Okay, all right. So it's going to be extended two more weeks out. So you're looking at maybe the second week of October. So uh, we want to thank... Uh, Sister Cindy and uh, Brother Malcolm for leading that up as well. Light the night. I know it's a little early, but October is around the corner. We are going to be doing a light the night where we're going to be outside during trick-or-treating hours. And we want to shine the light of Jesus onto the community around us. We're going to be giving away hot dogs, food, and most importantly, candy. The kids are there for the candy. Maybe the adults are there for the hot dogs, but the kids are there for the, let's say it together, the kids are there for the candy. Alright, so there is a setup out there. We would love for you to bring candy, because the kids want candy. They don't want a hot dog, they want candy. So we would love for you to bring candy for us, please, so we can be able to distribute that, and also just show the love of Love of God to them as well. Um, Pastor Kevin is preaching on a revival this morning. Who wants a revival? Who has heard about revivals in other areas and like, man, why can't we have one here? But who knows that it's got to start with who? Us. Point to yourself. It's got to start with me, me, me. So let's pray to God that God will uh, uh, put a revival in in our own lives, and our family, we're going to be doing seven days of prayer and fasting this week. Uh, so maybe God will make a mighty move into your life, into your family. And then when it starts in us, and then it can do, be distributed out into the church and affect the whole community and affect the world. And you know what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So please be praying this week. And as Pastor Kevin comes up, um, can you give him a big hand as he is... I know we're going to hear from the uh, from from the Word of God this morning and from God, and um, so he's going to be praying, uh, doing on um, revival this morning. Man, let's give Pastor John a hand this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many love the Lord this morning? David said, "I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of what? In the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to talk about revival today. Can you say, man, revival?" For just a few minutes. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to talk about revival, what revival is not, and what revival is. What revival is, uh, what revival is not, and what revival is. Revival is not uh, just a bunch of church services. Uh, it is uh, not great teaching. It is not just great preaching. Revival is just not a great worship service. What is revival? What is revival? Revival means to restore, to bring back to life again, something that is in a state of dormant or being stagnant. Psalms chapter 85 and verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again 
that your people may rejoice in you. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? What I think revival is, is having a heart of humility, admitting that there are some things in our life that lay dormant or stagnant that God wants to bring back to life again. God has assigned modern day prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, and one of their callings is, one of their assignments is, is to revive the church back again. I believe that we all would agree that our modern day church is allowed things in the front door that we should have never allowed to enter in. I believe that we would admit our modern day church has fallen asleep to what it was intended to be in Acts chapter 2. We have allowed spiritual laziness instead of indulgence to the diligence to come in. We've allowed convenience over sacrifice to take over. We've allowed sin instead of sanctification to invade our life. Luke chapter 17, 12 says, God's kingdom is within you. Let's say that. God's kingdom is within you. But within the kingdom of God, which we are, should be truth, should be holiness, should be righteousness, should be pureness, and should be godliness in our life within. It's not always convenient. It's not always in our culture. It does not always fit in our modern day living or fit our modern day lifestyle. But the challenge of the question that I bring to the table this morning is, what have you allowed to die or become stagnant or become dormant in your life? What is the church allowed to die or become stagnant or become dormant in the life of the church? There are many believers in this season right now coming out of COVID that we are walking around with apathy in our life. We are dry. We are, uh, we are dead spiritually. But revival brings us back to life. Revival brings our spiritual life back where we're transformed where we feel the Spirit in the presence of God again in our life. Where miracles are happening. Where the breath of God is upon our life. Where signs and wonders and healings are coming back to the modern day church. Where pureness and holiness and godliness is in our life again. What I want to clarify this morning is there is a difference then the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then revival. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, come like a mighty rushing wind that day. But revival is a renewing, a bringing back to life something that is laying dormant or stagnant in our life. 
Revival always starts from inside the heart where the Spirit dwells. If your heart is cold, if your heart is indifferent, if your heart is forgiving, if your heart is greedy, if your heart is prideful, if your heart is lustful, if your heart is resentful, God's Spirit will not bypass all of that stuff and set on the throne of our heart. If we will let God change our heart, God will change our families. And if God can change our families... He can change our city. And if God can change our city, He can change our nation. But it all starts with our heart. But we have to be intentional about our relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to be intentional about coming back to our first love. We have to be intentional about changing our heart. We have to be intentional of spending alone time with God where we can bring revival in our life. So I want to give you a few things this morning that what I believe that revival brings back to your life and to my life and to the life of the church. I believe, number one, if you take taking notes, that revival brings us back to the manifest presence of God. That God, that, that, that revival brings us back to the manifest presence of God. A.W. Tozer wrote in The Pursuit of God, the whole transaction of religion, conversation has been made mechanically and spiritless. The man or woman may be saved, but he or her is not hungry or thirsty after God. In fact, he has especially been taught to be satisfied and encouraged to be content with little spiritually. When Jesus Christ died, He not only died for our sins, brothers and sisters, but the veil was torn for you and I to walk right into the manifest presence of God. Not only did He die for our sin, but He also died that the veil of the temple was torn so you and I can walk right in to the manifest presence of God. But I believe we are chastening after so many different things that we're not chasing after the manifest presence of God. We're chasing after fame. Chasing after fortune. We're chasing after what will satisfy, satisfy me in the flesh. But when revival, we experience revival in our life and seek after God, He can bring revival. Exodus chapter 33 is a story where God is to feed the children of Israel. And the children of God is fed up with the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 33. And the reason that God is fed up with the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 33, but because the children of Israel are grumbling, they are complaining, they're being disobedient, but not only that, the children of Israel wants God to just give them, give them, 
give them. God, the children of Israel wants God to give them miracles. The children of Israel want to be led out of bondage. The children of Israel wants God to feed them, to clothe them, uh, to take care of their children. The children of Israel wants God to give them wealth in the land. So all God hears is grumbling and complaining and fault finding and give me, give me, give me. How many of you have got children now, grandchildren? How many you got children, grandchildren? And all is sometimes it seems that they want is give me, give me, give me, right? And then when you give it to them, they want what? Come on. And then you give it to them, they want what? More. And then they get a little older and they still want what? More. And all you want is just to spend a little time with your kids, right? Just a little time. Just give me a little bit of your time. Most of the time. And that's the same way that God felt. That the children of Israel just wanted something from God, but they didn't want to spend any time with God. And how many times do sometimes that I find myself, or you may find yourself, that we want God for what He can do for us, and we're not really interested in the manifest presence of God in our life. God, what can you do for me, right? Well, God, what can you do for me? But God wants us to spend time with Him. But God gets upset at Israel because all He hears in His ears is what they want Him to do. But in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 15, I love this passage of Scripture. Moses says, if your presence does not go up with us, do not bring us up here. Moses is saying, if your presence is not with us, we will stay right where we're at. No matter how good the promised land is, no presence, no go. Moses says, no presence, no go. He says, God, you can give me, I can, I can have all of this stuff, but I don't want all of that stuff if I don't have your presence. So Israel sought God for what He could do for them. He sought God for, for how He could take care of them. But Moses sought God for the manifest presence of God. Let me ask you the question this morning. As I ask myself the question this week. Are we here for God just to do something for us for God to fill in our agenda or fill in you fill in the blank or do we want to come back to the place where we're saying God I want your manifest presence in my life I wonder how many people gathered together in churches this morning it's good preaching it was good worship Coffee was good. There was great worship. There was great greetings. There was great fellowship. But no presence. But no presence. It's amazing how we start out our Christian journey giving our life to Christ and wanting to feel the presence of God more and more and more in our life, right? And somehow we drift, drift, drift away 
where now we only want God for what God can do for us. A.W. Tozer writes this, God wills that we should push into His presence. Let's say that together. Push into His presence and live our whole life there. This is to be known to us in conscious experience. It is more than a doctrine to be held. It is a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day that I feel the manifest presence of God. I remember as a little kid going to church, 12, 13, 14 years old, and I went to this old Pentecostal Holiness Church, and I mean, they were just, my gracious, wide open every service. Wide open. Sing for an hour and a half and preacher would preach for an hour and a half. You think we have long services now? We have nothing. One thing I do remember as a little kid, I remember the altars being filled. If it's one thing I remember, I remember the presence of God coming in that old Pentecostal holiness church as the Spirit and presence of God would fall. I remember taking that with me as a little kid up on the bus the next morning. Somewhere along the line, we got to the place that God is just a vending machine in our life. If I can push this at the right time, I'll get this. Calvary Assembly, what do we really want? We... We've almost survived another year. We've gave, gave in to missions. We've did outreach. We've showed up and, you know, worshiped a little bit. But do we really want the manifest presence of God to fall upon us? The second thing, what does revival bring us back to? The Holy Spirit's gifts and power. We talk about the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit, but my question is, do we want the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit falling in our midst? You know, I, I listen to uh, different podcasts. and Not long ago, this one, this one uh, 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 church growth expert uh, said to the people that were on, on the podcast and, and the ones listening said, uh, if we're going to, if we're, churches are going to grow and, and people are going to come back, uh, you know what? We can't have hour, we can't have church but one hour on Sunday if we want them to come back. And I thought, you know what? What an embarrassment to the Holy Spirit. What, uh, what, hey, uh, how does that offend the Holy Spirit? Because in 2 Thessalonians 5.19, the Bible says, and I really can't believe this is really in the Bible if you want to know the truth. I have a hard time believing the 2 Thessalonians 5.19 is in there because it says, do not quench, restrain, or put out the Holy Spirit. How, do, how, how, is, how is the Apostle Paul talking to a church and saying, do not quench or restrain or put out the Holy Spirit? Because in James chapter 4 and verse 4, excuse me, and 8, it says, come close to God. He said, God is going to come close to you. He says, do not quench the Holy Spirit, but I want the gifts and power. And he says, come close to God, and God is going to come close to you. But he says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, 
for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. He says, your loyalty, he says, come close to God, God will come close to you, but your loyalty is divided between God and the world. What does that mean? Okay, I know we all like football, but it's like saying, do I go to church this Sunday or do I go to the football game this Sunday? It's divided. We can't, we're like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Am I going after God full force or if I, am I going after the world full force? The Bible says, make up your mind, decide, God all the way or the world all the way. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If you want to quench the Holy Spirit and put out the Holy Spirit, let's make it all about this building. Let's make it all about our programs. Let's make it all about putting a time limit on God and walking right out of here and we will quench the Holy Spirit. What does revival bring back to us? I wrote down a hunger for righteousness. What does revival bring back to, to us? A hunger for righteousness. You can't obtain righteousness on your own merits or be good enough. You can only obtain righteousness through the cross of Jesus Christ. So the Father looks at you through the cross of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus says we are righteous. Right? So the only way that we can say that we are righteous is through the blood of Jesus Christ and what Christ did at Calvary. You are made righteous in the sight of God as He looks through the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And can everybody say, thank God for His mercy? How many agree that we're only righteous through the eyes of the cross and what Jesus... Okay, that's the only way we become righteous. But when I look at these other, a few other scriptures in Proverbs chapter 15, 9, it says this, the Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Let's say that together. Pursue righteousness. Okay, so I want to ask you the question. So which is it? Do we obtain righteousness through the cross of the blood of Jesus Christ or do we pursue righteousness? Which one is it? I believe it's both. I believe it's both. The problem is the church today, we try to take hold of pursuing Jesus Christ through the cross and say we're saved, but at the same time, we justify all of our sins and all of our bad behaviors. Here's one of those other scriptures in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place. Listen to this. Does it say among the world? No. Such sins should have no place among God's people. Foolish talk. Coarse jokes, they're not for you. Instead, let there be the thankfulness of God. 
you can be sure that no more impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. For a greedy person is an adulterer and worshiper of the things of this world. My question to all of us this morning, when did we come to the point that we just start accepting things that are okay that used to not be okay in our life? When we first got saved, the Holy Spirit was convicting us and it wasn't, oh, come on, y'all getting quiet on me. But now it is what? It's okay. It, 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 it's okay. And I don't have to name stuff, but we're saying it's oh, what? It's okay. But the Bible says in Ephesians that it's, not okay. We're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about bring me back to the place that what breaks the heart of God is breaking my heart. Did you hear me, church? Bring me back to the place. Revive me back to the place, Kevin, that what breaks the heart of God breaks my heart. Just a little example. Can I sit there and watch that television show that has those words and has that going on in it and just sit there and it's okay? You know, it used to not be okay. Okay? It used to bother me. But does it bother me now? Am I, am I pursuing righteousness? Am I trying? What it's saying is, am I trying to get sin out of my life? If I intentionally saying, Kevin, God is not pleased with this. Kevin, you intentionally get it out of your life. That I'm pursuing righteousness. Say it with me. Pursuing righteousness. How many believe Jesus Christ is coming back. And how many believe it's soon and very soon? Come on, how many believe it's soon and very soon? And when He splits those eastern clouds, I want to be suing Christ. When he, when that trumpet sounds, I want to pers be pursuing Christ. I know I'm righteous through the cross, but there's scriptures here that tell me that I need to be pursuing Christ. The fourth thing is, God, in your revival in my life, give me an expectation for God to move in my life. That I have expectation. Expectation. I'll get it in a minute. You can feel in the atmosphere of people that are hungry and thirsty with great expectation for a move of God. You can feel it. You can feel an atmosphere that people are expecting God, to move. That they walk in church expecting on Sunday morning that there is something's going to happen. The move of God's going to happen. 
This Sunday, revival could break out. This Sunday, somebody could miraculously get healed. So Sunday, somebody's marriage could be put back together. This Sunday, somebody could bring, this Sunday, God could bring a, a lost daughter, a lost son, a lost mom, a lost dad, if I come expecting God to move in my life. I want to ask you the question. I hate to do this, but I don't want you to get offended at me this morning. But I think one thing that upsets the worship team more than anything is when we come in like it's a Sunday morning picnic. We come and we're... and Ain't nobody any more guilty of this than me talking about everything else under the sun about what God's going to do. We come in and we just talk about everything and we, we're talking when worship starts and, and we're laughing and, and, and we're really not expecting the move of God. We should start expecting that move when we get out of bed on Sunday morning. We should be expecting the move of God. Saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do today, but I know I'm going to Calvary Assembly of God, whether it's packed or not packed. I'm not coming for people. I'm coming to see a move of God. If the church is full, praise God. Give us four or five services. But if it's not, God, if you show up, if you move in a mighty way, you're going to work in my life. You're going to change. You're going to heal. You're going to deliver. You're going to set free. You're bringing our sons and our daughters and our grandkids home. There's going to be a move of God. I come expecting God to move. And if we come expecting... But I wrote down here, it just seems like it's norm to be dead anymore. I typed it in. It just seems like it's norm to be dead anymore. It just, it's just like we just sometimes... Can I preach just for a few more minutes? And I'm going to let you go home. And I'm sorry I've been yelling. I, I tell myself every Sunday, you're not going to yell. And I'm reminded, my family lets me know, you yelled about the whole time you preached today. But I'm telling you, my soul, my soul, church, is hungry just for God. It's like God is bringing me to this place that church, just church. See, I love church, if you don't know it. I love church. I love meeting with you guys. I just love church. A couple pots of coffee in church and I'm ready to go. Or a big old large uh, mocha with whipped cream on top and I'm ready to go. But you know what? Can I be honest? It's not satisfying me anymore. I got this, this deepness in my heart, Sister Tina. That I've got to have the presence of God in my life. Another church service, it's like, I, I, God, if your presence doesn't show up, if your presence doesn't show up, God, I don't want to be there. I don't want to do this anymore just to be doing it. 
I want the manifest presence of God and I want to come expecting. See, when you come to church expecting nothing, it's okay to come in late. It's okay to throw your hands. If It's okay not to throw your hands up in worship. It's okay not to be attentive to the sermon. It's okay just to wiggle and round for the next 45 minutes. When you come expecting, when you come expecting God is going to move. And when you are dead in spirit, you don't care if you give to the local church. You don't care if you read your Bible and pray. You don't care if you serve the local church. How you respond in worship tells whether your heart is alive or not. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture and I really believe the Lord wants me to give an altar call. Your team would just quickly come to the instruments. How many would say that, that you want to leave with the manifest presence of God in your life? You want to be hungry and thirsty. I love 1 Samuel chapter 10. It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 10 in verse 5 and 7. It says, next you'll come to Gidby of God. It's where there is a Philistine of garrison. And it says, you approach the town, you're running to a bunch of prophets coming down from the Shrine. It was a. It was called a shrine. It was called a a high place. It was called where the prophets would go and study scripture, and they were they were at the high place. It was a place of worship. And the Bible says, as you approach the town, you'll run into a bunch of prophets coming down from the high place, and they'll be worshiping, and they'll be playing harps and tambourines and flutes and drums. And they'll be prophesying. And before you know it, the Spirit of God will come upon you. And you'll be prophesying right along with them. And the Bible says, and you will be transformed and you'll be a new person. And then verse 7 says, and when these confirming signs are accomplished, you'll know that you're ready Whatever job you've been given to do, listen, men, ministers, whatever job you've been given to do, you do it. For God, for God is with you. We're chasing after too many things. We're chasing after our schedules, our time limits, our family, our friends. We have no expectation for the presence of God. I'm going to go right down to the last and for the lack of time. Revival brings back the repentance and then we're going to have an altar call. Revival brings back to you a need of repentance in your life. It says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 and 5, it says, But I have this charge against you that you've left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So remember the heights from which you have fallen. And he says, repent. Change your inner heart, your inner thinking, your sinful behavior, and seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you. I will come and I'm going to visit you 
but it's not visiting you with the Spirit. He said, I'm going to visit you and I'm going to remove the lampstand. I'm going to remove it out of your life. Remove the lampstand from Calvary Assembly of God Church from this place. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to take the lampstand. And I know y'all studied this in Sunday school. He said, I'm going to take the lampstand that burns in the temple, which represents your life burning, and I'm going to take it out, and I'm going to remove it and take it away where there is no spirit moving among the people because I chose to remove it because you chose not to get sin out of your life. He said, I gave you a choice. I gave you the choice to, 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 to get sin out of your life. I give you a choice to, to make things right with me. I gave you a choice to follow after the manifest presence of God. But you chose to walk in these things in Ephesians talked about. Now, because of your choice, I have to make the choice to remove the presence out. The light burning. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Last scripture in Isaiah says, Isaiah 6 and 5, one of the greatest prophets is the pastors I'm sure have studied. One of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And Isaiah says, oh no. He said, he realized within himself inside, I'm going to be destroyed. I am not pure, and I love I live among a people who are not pure, but I've seen the King, the glory of the Almighty. We have to intentionally, intentionally, in our life, say, God, I want a revival. The stand. How many of you want a revival? in your life how many of you want a revival in your life amen because I've got to tell you this and then we're going to come to the altar I've got to tell you this because I, I know that when revival comes to our life I know that when that happens listen to this Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 says and I tell the, you that you are Peter this is the good news when revival comes in our life. I, I want to tell you that you are Peter. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell is not going to overcome. It's not going to conquer. It's not going to prevail or overpower or triumph over it. It's to the enemy taking everything that belongs to us. We are going to storm the gates of hell and take back everything that belongs to us. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want them to say, and in your own way, I want you. I want as many people that will come to the altar and march up here, and, and let's ask God to bring a revival back in our heart this morning. Come on, as you come and gather, and we're going to close our prayer around you. Lord, revive us again, Lord. Revive us, God. in our heart this morning, God. Lord, I need 
revive us back to the manifest presence, God. Oh, God, give us your gifts and your anointing, God. We hunger and we thirst for righteousness, God. Oh, bring us back. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, bring revival. Oh, church, cry out to the Lord. Oh, cry out to the Lord. Lord, fill us. Fill us with your manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, purify our minds. Purify our hearts, God. Get sin, get rebellion, get things out of our life. Lord, give us a hunger. Give us a thirst for you, oh God. Oh, oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, revive. Revive our hearts. Revive our marriage. Revive our children. God, get us the manifest presence, Lord. Oh, Lord, clean our heart. Wash our heart, oh God. Work in our heart, oh God. Change our heart, oh God. Bring revival back to our heart, oh God. Revive us again, oh Lord. Bring revival into our souls and our spirits. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. Give us an expectation of the Holy Spirit. Give us an expectation. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Find somebody to pray with. Find one of these young men around the altar. Brother John and Brother Jim, pray with these young men around the altar. Find someone to get with and pray. Come on, find someone. You can find someone to pray with this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you this morning. Oh, God, a manifest of your presence. Manifest of your presence, oh God. Oh God, we need the power. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Malcolm. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. Revive us again. Revive Calvary Assembly again. Revive us again, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Lord, you're going to build your church and the gates of hell is not going to be overcoming. Oh, we're going to prevail and triumph, God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. We thank you, God, this morning. We thank you for purifying our hearts. Cleanse our hearts, oh, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, give us your power. Give us your gifts. Give us your anointing, God. Bring us back to the place, God, of renewing, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's raise our hands up and worship. Come on, church. Come on, hallelujah. Let's, let's get out of ourself this morning. Come on. Let's get out of ourself this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's worship. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We just a little more honor thank you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you for refreshing in our families, God. God, bring revival back to our families. Touch our sons and our daughters, God. Oh, Lord, touch our sons and our daughters. Bring a revival back, God, to our sons and our daughters. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. church. Lord, we worship you this morning. You're an awesome God. Thank you for touching our children. Thank you for touching our children. Thank you for touching us this morning, God. Thank you for renewing us. Thank you for refreshing us, God. Lord, sometimes you just have to take God and speak to our life to get us back on the right path. Thank you for the refreshing, God. I feel refreshed this morning, God. I feel refreshed this morning. God, when we purify our lives and get sin out of our lives, we're refreshed. And now you can move. Now you can come and sit on the, sit on the throne of our heart this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your presence this morning. God, you didn't come to bring condemnation whatsoever. You come just to speak that you want us to seek for revival in our own life, God. Revive us, God.
before we leave, let's uh, let's sing that a cappella. Let's just sing it a cappella. Thank you. Let's sing this all a cappella, and I'm going to close in prayer. Come on. Sing it out loud. Pastor, I, I've not given my heart to Christ, and I want, sal- I want to walk in the walk of salvation. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. If you're here, if you've not accepted Christ, or if you're here and you've just literally walked back away from God, would you just slip up your hand? And I want to pray, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for raising your hand this morning. I want everybody to pray with me. Wasn't this worth it all for two people to raise their hands this morning? Let's give the Lord a hand. I want everybody with head bowed and eye closed, I want you to pray this prayer along with them as they pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess all of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, guys, the ones that you raised your hands, you're just as saved as I am. God loves you with an unconditional love. And God bless you. We're going to be praying for you. And God is going to just miraculously bless your life. Amen. Let's give them a hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. May the Lord's face shine upon you and keep you this week. And may he bless you indeed. Amen. You know, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And some of you guys have been going here for a long time. I believe you like to hear this. I believe the Lord spoke to me the other day and said, Brother Dale, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you land and, and crops that you never sow. And in the Word of God, that actually means souls. That I'm going to give you a harvest that you never planted. Amen. I believe that was for somebody this morning. I'm going to give you a harvest that you never planted. And let's give the Lord a hand in Jesus' name. God bless you, and may the Lord's face shine upon you this week.